Amen. Well, hey, here's the deal. Is that if you're new or if you're old, it doesn't make any difference. You're in the family. Okay? If this is your very first time to the garden, enjoy it. You're only going to be a visitor once, right? You're only a guest one time. And then after that, you just, you just end. Right? We're, we're in the family of God. What are we doing? We're trying to find people who are far from God and get them to walk with us so they end up close to God. We really believe that anybody who walks with us is going to end up closer to God. Huh? I say any, anybody, anybody walking with you ought to wind up closer to God. And, and if they don't, you need to change the way you walk. You know, we're all in different stages of life. We're all, we're all dealing with different issues. We all, but, but here's the deal is that we're all in one family. Right. You know, when, when, when you were born, you know, everybody, everybody in the room, you know, it's the same process. None of you were special delivery. You know, uh, the, the fact is, is that, that when you were born into your, into your natural family, you know, you came through the birth canal just like everybody else. And, and it determined your gender and your race and, uh, you know, your nationality and all kinds of stuff that, that you know, that we kind of identify with. It was, was all determined by how we were born. But when you were born again, when, when, when you were born again, you became part of God's family. And now there's no longer race. There's no longer gender. Hello, somebody. We're just all we're just all up in this thing together, and 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 the, and the, and and the, and the presence of God that, that that you and I carry. Can I just tell you something? That you carry an amazing gift for humanity. I, I like uh, I like uh, I think it's First uh, Corinthians twelve. I, I think, um, but but it, it says, and especially in the Amplified Bible, it says, "I don't want you to be ignorant concerning the special endowments of supernatural energy." That, that, that are on you, you know, the, the special endowments of supernatural energy. There's, some, there's a special endowment of supernatural energy on you. Yeah, you know, sometimes you got you to gotta kind of choke out nasty so that the goodness can flow, right? <laughs> but, uh, but, but, but there's something in you. There's something on you. There's, there's something special. God said, you know, in Jeremiah 1.5, it's like God had a dream about the future. And, and he saw exactly where you were going to fit and he used that information to shape you and mold you in life. He said, before, before I formed you, I, I knew where you were going to fit. And I've used everything in, in, your, in your experience. I've used all of that to, to form you, to fit there. I made you different from anybody else. And, and I've ordained you or, or, or qualified you to fulfill that dream. Man, you, you have what it takes to fulfill the dream of God on this planet. No wonder hell's so mad at you. Huh? No, no wonder, you know, you, you just thought it's because you're so good looking. No, man, it's the purpose and the plan of God that he has. And you're all part of that. Ephesians 2.20 says that we are his workmanship recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we might do the good work, which he predestined. Man, he had a plan for you. You're not some crazy mistake. And, and, and something that you just need to get a hold of today is that, that you've, already, you've already overcome the greatest challenge you'll ever face. Man, just, just getting born. Think about it. When your mama and daddy got together, you know, there were millions of sperm all going for one egg. And this, you were in a bigger race than the Boston Marathon. Hello, somebody. You think, well, wow, I don't need my kids to hear this. We'll put them in kid church. Okay, but, uh, you know, you, you, you're the winner. Look at somebody and tell them you're the winner. I mean, you, ought, you know, if it'll make you feel better, you ought to go to the trophy shop this week and get a big one. Because I'm telling you, there's something on you. There's something in you. you you've already won the biggest challenge you're ever going to face. Yeah. 
And it just irritates hell to no end because I think the enemy knows that if we ever see the purpose that God's called us, that we're going to become an amazing threat to the powers of darkness. Everywhere you go, see, everywhere you go, you get to carry the glory of God. Well, I sure haven't been seeing it. Because it depends on what you're willing to, to express. It's, see, it's not what you're going through that counts. It, it's, it's how you go through it. Right? The same weight that can be used to hurt your back can be used to make your back stronger. So it's not the weight that matters. It's how you handle the weight. Your circumstances are not defining you, but how you deal with it. That defines you. And, and, and this thing about God life. See, Jesus came that we might have life in abundance to the top and overflowing life. But it's not just the, the ability to inhale and exhale. No, it's zoe, Z-O-E. That word life is, is the Greek word zoe. And it's life as God has it. And, 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 and you know, you're, you're not in the Old Testament. You got a new covenant. You, you're, you're part of the new covenant. And, and, and here's the deal. Is, is in, in, the old, in the Old Testament, they, they carried, they, they carried the, the presence of God around on a box. Remember? Remember the ark? And, 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 and where the ark went, the presence of God went. And, and he dwelt there, you know, he, and, and he was on the box. And, and, but in the New Testament, you, you, don't need, you, you don't need a box. God said, I'm not going to dwell any longer in temples made of hand. But, but uh, and Paul wrote, know ye not that ye are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Man, he, he, you, you're the box. You carry him. Hello? You, you've, got, you've got God in you, on you, flowing through you, working for you, working by you, amongst you. Hello, somebody. You ought to have to backslide just to go to bed at night. You should be so jacked up. God is on my side. Hello, somebody. Man, I, we got this thing. And I'm telling you, you want to start tapping in to the glory. See, God's got a plan for the cities. God's got a plan for your life, for your family, for the church, for, for, for our community. God's got a plan. And he wants to use you. See, uh, uh, here's the deal is that you are part of, well, you're not part of, you are God's plan. And, and, and he ain't got a plan B. You know, uh, I, I wish we had, you know, hours and hours and hours to present this to you so that you could really grasp it. But we don't because some of you guys, this is the last time we'll ever see you. So, so we want to tell you right here and right now, you're God's plan. Suffering humanity counting on you. That you would, that you, you know, well, well what am I going to do? Well, you're just going to consecrate yourself. Isn't that what the Bible says? That you would consecrate yourself because God's going to do amazing things. See, God's going to work in you and for you and through you, amongst you and by you. He's going to do amazing things. But you just, you're just going to carry it. See, I, I, I think that it's really cool because God, God's always had a plan, and, and people of God kind of tap into that plan. They think they got a plan, but it's really not their plan. It's God's plan, but they think it's theirs because they can see it. And, 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 and so I, I can tell you, I've got a plan for, 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 the, for, the, for the church. It's really, but it's not my plan. God's got a plan. And he's going to use you to carry his presence everywhere you go. Think about it, you, you know, the marketplace. You're going you're gonna to carry the glory of God into the marketplace. And you're going to go through situations just like the people around you are going through, only, only you've got something on you that separates you from everybody else. 
And you're dealing with the same issues and the same challenges and the same hardships, but yet there's a, there, there's, a, there, there's a life that's greater than the death that you encounter. And there's a joy that's stronger than, than the sorrow that you encounter. And there's a peace that's bigger than the chaos that you encounter. And there's a hope that's, that, that's greater than the hopelessness that you encounter. Why? Because you've got the life of God. It, not, not just an awareness of it, not just a knowledge about it, but you've got it going on. You know, it's always, God's always, even, even back in the day, this is how God was working. And, and, you know, David, David was a great guy. David had a plan for his cities and, and uh, they'd been separated from the ark, remember, for a long time, but they, they finally decided, hey, let's go get that thing. Let's bring that thing. And, and David had a plan. We're going to bring the glory to town. Man, he was pumped. We're going to bring the glory to town. And, and, and guys, get excited because guess what we're going to do? We're going to bring the glory of God to town. We're on our way to change the world. We're not going to do it with an offering. We're going to do it with the presence of God. Right? And we're going to bring the glory of God to town. And David had a plan. In 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 3, check it out. They set the ark of God on a new cart and brought it from the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. And Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, were guiding the new cart with the ark of God on it, and Ahio was walking in front of it, and uh, David and all Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord. They're celebrating, man. They, we're bringing the glory to town, and they got, they got tools. Yeah, next verse. And uh, when, when they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, how come they couldn't just call him Bill? And, and Uzzah reached out and took a hold of the ark of God because the ox was uh, starting to stumble. And, and the Lord's anger burned against Uzzah because of his irrever- ir- irreverent act. And therefore, God struck him down and he died there beside the ark of God. And David was angry because the Lord's wrath had broken out against Uzzah. And to this day, that place is called Perez Uzzah. And David was uh, afraid of the Lord that day and said, how can the ark of the Lord ever come to me? I'm trying to get this thing back to town. How are we going to do this? Because, uh, you know, man, all we're trying to do is, is get the, the glory back to town. And, and, and you know, we, we had a plan. We were trying to execute the plan. Some dude touched the ark. Boom, he's dead. We got, we got to deal with this thing. First, let me just tell you something that, that uh, even when you got your plan, you got to do it God's way. Right. And, and David just made a mistake, man. He, he took he, he started doing it his way. And the ark, they were supposed to carry it on, on their shoulders, but they built a cart. And I just want to just want to submit this thought to you. And, uh, uh, and I hope that you get it, that that, uh, you know, what David did is David tried to figure out a way to make it easier on the people. A lot of you guys are trying to figure out a way to make it easier on you. And you're killing people. Because because easy ain't part of God's vocabulary. You'll never fulfill the purpose of God from your comfort zone. It ain't supposed to be easy. From the days of John the Baptist, even until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. The violent take it by force. Man, there's an opposing force out there that you have to be willing to go out and demonstrate that sucker's defeat. You know, you've been empowered by God. You already have everything you need to live a life that pleases God. You get to get out of bed every day with with the simple mission, humiliate hell. But it's not going to be easy. Well, I thought if I prayed a prayer and raised my hand, everybody's going to like me. No, we just told you that. 
you know, we lied just to get you to respond, right? But the truth of the matter is, it's full disclosure Sunday today, okay? Here's the truth, is that when you're going to live God life, you're going to have to get a backbone. You're going to have to get strong. You're going to have to get committed. You're going to have to get in this thing because there's going to be all kinds of excuses to take you off the trail. There's going to be all kinds of off-ramps to get you off the road. There's going to be all kinds of, uh, of things that you can use. You can justify all of it, but I'm going to tell you something. You, you, don't, you don't want to live without the glory of God. And you're not going to bring the glory of God your way. You're going to bring it his way. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all that other stuff, he said, I'll add that to you. His, way, his, his righteousness, his way of doing, and his way of being right. God's way. we got to do this thing God's way. That, you know what that means? I, I, I'm going to tell you, like I said, some of you guys, this is my last chance to say anything to you. Because by the end of the service, some of you guys are going to be irritated. That's why we took the offering early. <laughs> but your way isn't God's way. Your thoughts aren't God's thoughts. I mean, I, I'm not actually the guy, you know, that you should be upset with. God said it. My ways aren't your ways. Quit trying to take my way and, 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 and shape it into, into what you want. There are some things in life that if you allow the Spirit of God to, to bring conviction, and that's not a bad thing. You know, I'm telling you, man, you, you want correction in your life. Without correction, you end up living wrong. You don't want to live wrong. So you ought to learn to love correction. Correction is not a bad thing. I, I don't know, maybe somebody corrected you wrong. Maybe they yelled. Maybe they hit you. Maybe, maybe they beat on you. But, but, but God's correction ain't like that. And when God brings correction, it's because he's wanting to bring blessing. And these guys, they tried to make it easy, but, but, but uh, it didn't work out, and it'll never work out. Quit trying to make it. It's not going to be easy for a church to, to change the world. It's not going to just happen when it can fit in our schedule. It's not going to happen when, when, when we, only when we can afford it. It's not going to happen only when we're in the mood. You know, the, 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 the worship songs aren't always going to be your favorite. The lighting's not going to appeal to you. The sound level's not going to be, your, you know, what, what you really enjoy. The people aren't even going to be the people you like the most. Don't look at the guy sitting next to you right now, but you know I'm talking about him. Okay. <laughs> David's freaking out, and, and look what he does in verse 10. Verse 10, he, he wasn't willing to take the ark of the Lord uh, to be with him in the city of David, so he took it to the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. He, he swings by Obed-Edom's house, and he says, hey, do you mind if we just leave this, this, this ark here out, out in the driveway? And Obed-Edom's a great guy. He's like, sure, man, leave it. And the, man, and the only thing they told him was, don't touch it. You know, and Obed-Edom's like, okay, we got that thing out there. Tell the kids, don't touch it. And they, they Obed-Edom, man, I'm telling you, it, it, almost instantly, he goes to in, into the dinner table that night because the guy showed up, you know, it's, it's just about that time. They're getting ready for dinner, and, and here comes the king and, and all these people, and they drop off this thing out in the driveway and say, don't touch it. And so he just scoops up the family, goes into the house, sits down, and explains to the kids, don't, don't touch that thing. The last guy that touched that thing didn't work out real well for him. So don't, don't touch that thing. And to his amazement, the kids said, Okay, Daddy. He's thinking, whose kids are these? 
you know, and, and they notice at dinner that night that the kids stopped arguing with each other. They weren't fighting like normal. When they got some close to the end of dinner, the, the little boy looked up and he said, hey, 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 dad, do you mind if I wash the dishes tonight? When they resuscitated Obed-Edom, he said, sure, go for it. And, uh, you know, and the kids, the kids, the kids were doing their homework and, and they go, they go out to get eggs in the morning. And, and when they were cooking breakfast, they found out that all the eggs had double yolks. Man, stuff started happening. He, he's out, he's out in the field and, and, and working and, 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 and pieces of equipment that have been broken down suddenly were, 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 were doing their job. And, and the only problem he had is that the, the crops were coming in and they were coming in and it was like crazy. He went to milk the cows, and he had three flavors to choose from. <laughs> We're talking the blessing, man. The blessing shows up, right? And, and, and life, life is getting good, and, and he's all excited, can't wait to get back to the house to tell Mrs. Obed about what the day had occurred and, and all of the great things that he had seen. You know, this week, this week has been a crazy week, and can't wait to get back to the house. And he pulls up to the house, and, and he's looking around, and where are the kids? And she's standing there in Victoria's Secret. And she said, I, I sent the kids to your mama's house. And he's like, the glory of God is here. And every, asp- every aspect of his life was, was, was insanely blessed. L- look at verse 11. Check this out. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, for three months, and the Lord blessed him. Let me tell you something about the blessing. It's not an accident. It's a consequence. Obed-Edom didn't do anything to earn it, to deserve it, to stir it up. All Obed did was open the door. Man, and some of you guys, you know, all you got to do to get the blessing of God flowing in your life today, all you got to do is open the door. Let God in your life. Man, just open the door. Yeah, yeah. Revelation 3.20 again. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I'm coming in. And you get God's participation in your situation. Your situation just got better. Some of you, you just need to make a commitment today. Before I leave this place, I'm opening the door to God in my life. Come on, somebody. No more closed doors. Now, I'm going to open the door. I'm getting God up in here. Why? Because, well, I like chocolate milk. Oh, somebody. And the Lord's blessing his entire household. And look at verse 12. This is crazy. Now, the king was told the Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and everything he has. And everything he has. Everything I have has been touched by the blessing of God. And I don't understand why you guys are up there jumping up and down during worship. Because everything I have. Man, I, want, I, I just want to tell you today, I have a blessed life. Now, there's people in the room that can testify with me. I mean, they're, they're looking for a white hanky right now. They just want to wave it. Because God is good. And, and, and he told him everything he has because of the ark of God. And David, so he went to bring up the ark from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. Can I just tell you something about, uh, uh, about, the, about the presence of God? Go ahead and rejoice. Man, we're bringing, the, we're bringing the glory to town, and you ought to be rejoicing about that. 
Man, anybody who ain't rejoicing hasn't yet figured out what it is that's going on. You think you're in a, in a religious ceremonial activity. No, we are bringing the glory of God to the Tri-Cities region. We are bringing the presence of God to this area. My house is going to be better. My kids are going to be better. My, my work's going to be better. Hey, I, I want to give you five keys real quick to carrying the glory. Five keys that you just got to gotta embrace it. Okay, because why? Because you got to do it God's way. You got to do it God's way. Look at verse 13. And it says that uh, in verse 13, here it comes. Okay. When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and a fatted calf. Every six steps. Okay. Here's, here's your first key. You want to carry the glory? Number one. Key number one. Get committed to sacrifice. Isn't that, isn't that the way it goes? I say, your life's going to get better. Your house is going to get better. Your, your, your spouse is going to get better. You got you to sacrifice. Well, that was Old Testament. No, this is how you bring the glory. Every six steps... He lived 12 miles. Obed-Edom lived 12 miles from the city of David. 2,500 sacrifices. And you have a hard time making it to four services a month. Oh, we are on it now. Oh. <laughs> uh, I want to sing fast songs. Sacrifice. Man, we bring the sacrifice of praise. Some of us struggle with that. Well, why aren't you praising? I don't really feel like it. That's why they call it a sacrifice. Well, I don't like that song. We weren't singing it for you. I don't know if I want to go to the park and minister to suffering humanity. It doesn't make any difference what you want. You want to bring the glory? Sacrifice, sucker. If you desire to be my disciple, deny your stinking self. See, we're we're addicted to convenience. And, 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 oh, good Lord. Comfort. It's all got to be about me. You ain't going to carry the glory. Hello, somebody. Come on. Remember, remember you married guys. You need to remember back before you got married. Remember when you were dating? And you're at a totally different level. Todd and I were talking about it earlier. And you're a totally different level financially than you are now. But even back then, money was flying out your pocket. And you, you couldn't wait to, to, you know, Todd, man, he couldn't wait to get old Kelly on the phone and, and, and bring over some new buttons or something. You know, just, just looking for the opportunity to, to spend time. And, and, and there were sacrifices, and, and he'd give up things that he wanted to, to bring her stuff that she liked. Why? Because he was in love. Let me tell you something about a, a sacrifice. A sacrifice isn't hard when you're doing it to something or someone you love. 
You know, he's sacrificing a bull and a fattened calf every six steps. What's he doing? He's, he's, he's sowing, man. They, they, these are his. This is a sacrifice. He's taking what's his, the best he's got, and he's sacrificing it to God in preparation for what he sees God's about ready to do. When we get this thing back to town, when we get the glory to town, I'm telling you, it's going to be worth the sacrifices that we made every six stinking steps. It's not, it's not a burden. No, it's a, it's a huge opportunity. Think about us. We want the presence of God. We want the glory of God. We, we, we want it. We, we want when addicted people come onto the property that the chains explode. And they, they, I mean, they can't even explain it. But I don't necessarily want to serve in the children's department, and I don't like really going over there to the ice cream machine because my hands get sticky, and I don't want to stand out in the parking lot because the weather's out there, you know, and, and, and I don't want to be an usher. Well, what, what, where do you want to serve? Could I have the platform? No. Well, if you need me, call me. You won't even answer. You doing all right? You okay? I mean, it's one minute after 11. I got four more points. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, a sacrifice that you don't feel ain't a sacrifice. When you bring in something that you're not going to miss, you're not sacrificing. You know, there, there, there's a lot. Can I just tell you something? There's, there's a lot of times in, in the 31 years of marriage to my, to my beautiful wife, but there's been a lot of times in the 31 years that sacrifices had to be a part of it. Why? Because I love her. So I'll go to stupid chick flicks. <laughs> I'll go knowing there ain't nobody going to die, nothing's going to blow up, this is going to be a waste of 12 bucks. <laughs> and I'll look at her and go, need anything? <laughs> like, please, God, send me to the snack bar. <laughs> Why? Why? Because I love her. See, I think that we ought to question people's love for God that aren't willing to sacrifice. I think we see it wrong when we don't see the insane opportunity that we have as a family to work together, to serve together, so that when lost people get here, they're free before they leave. I think it's nuts that some of us think that this is about us. Well, Church at the Garden does not belong to its members. Everything that we're doing is to reach people, get an opportunity to share how good God's been to us with them, to get them in a place where the glory of God can impact their life. You know, the, the bike blessing. You know people who ride motorcycles. Invite them. Yeah, but I don't like them. We better move on to the next point. Somebody say amen.
<laughs> I knew you wanted to. Okay, uh, look at verse 14. Look at, look at verse 14. Uh, wearing a linen ephod, that's his underwear, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. The second key, enthusiasm. Man, get some passion. Get some passion going in your life. I mean, David comes in, and he's dancing before the Lord. He's not dancing before anybody else. He's dancing before the Lord. And let me just, let me just touch on this for a minute. There's nothing wrong with dancing. I mean, in the presence of God, I, I'm surprised. I, just, I have a vision that someday, you know, the, the band comes out, and you hear the clicks, and people get up and come to the front, and they just get ready to dance before the Lord and worship God with all their might. Why? Because he's been that good. Well, that, that's a Pentecostal thing. No, it isn't. It's a Bible thing. It's not, it, it, I don't care if you're Baptist or, or Catholic or Presbyterian or Episcopalian. It's, a, it's still in the Bible. Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. That, that's not a denominational thing. That's a Bible thing. Get some enthusiasm going. With all your might. Well, if that's all the might you got, where would you like the whole dug? Let's go to verse 15. And while he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sounds of timbrels. Man, it's a celebration. Here, here's your third point. Make it a celebration. You've got to have a spirit that's celebrating. Let me tell you something about winning teams. Winning teams know how to celebrate. Hello? They're jumping up and down, high-fiving, chest-bumping, dog-piling. There's a celebration going on. Why? Because the glory of God's here. We're about ready to see everything change. Everything's about to get blessed. Hello, somebody. God inhabits the praises of his people. That's a celebration atmosphere. That's what draws the presence of God. And, and God kind of likes it when you get loud. Hello? God's not nervous. You know, maybe it would help. You, you know, remember the story. Remember the story. It's an old story, but it bears repeating. The story of the guy that, uh, you know, he got a phone call. Hey, the church is on fire. And he, and he ran down to the church and, and, and got outside the church. And the building was all up in flames. And there were people standing there along the sidewalk. And the church is burning up. And, and he looks at this guy. And, and, and he doesn't recognize him. And he says, hey, man, I, I've never seen you here before. And the guy says, well, I ain't never seen the church on fire before. You know, maybe what you need to do is set yourself on fire just so other people can watch you burn. Maybe if you got some passion going in your life, come on, Dad. Maybe, maybe, if, you, if, maybe if you quit acting all macho, maybe your family would get excited about Jesus. Yeah. Trying to kick the devil in the crotch, not just you. Let's read a little bit. Verse 16. Check it out. As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michael, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she was ticked. Verse 17. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David sacrificed more. He did more. And he brought offerings. Verse 18. 
And after he had finished sacrificing the burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord Almighty. Look what he does in verse 19. He, he gave everybody a loaf of bread and a cake of dates and a cake of raisins to each person, the whole crowd of Israelites. Let's just keep everybody regular. And uh, both men and women and all the people, and everybody's going to their homes. So David packs up. Look at verse 20. And uh, David returned to his house to bless his house. And Michael, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, How the king of Israel has distinguished himself today running around half naked in view of all the slave girls. What a vulgar fellow you've become. Let me tell you something. Critics are going to show up. Critics are going to show up. And so, you know, the, you know the fourth key? Boldness. You've got to have a spirit of boldness. And, and, and let me tell you what's wrong with Michael. She's living on the wrong side of the window. Man, instead, instead of getting in there and, and participating, the whole, the whole city is focused on the, on the presence of God, the glory of God. She's focused on David's underwear. Can't, I can't believe how you've made yourself look. It's not about how you look. Well, I, I don't want anybody to, 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 to mock me. So, so you, you still need to die to yourself. Because if you're going to carry the glory, let me tell you something, you're going to have to quit carrying how much you care about you. Because you have to have a revelation. See, David had a revelation. Look at verse 21. David said to her, it was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or any of your family members. It was before the Lord who chose me when he appointed me the ruler. It was, it, he, he chose me. He chose me. So I will celebrate before him. He chose you. Maybe the reason you're not in the mood to celebrate is because you haven't had the revelation. Jesus said, hey, you didn't pick me. I chose you. I chose you. And, and as a chosen one, you've got to have a boldness. And you have to just say, listen, you, I'm sorry that you don't like this thing, but i just got to tell you something, man. Uh, I'm, I'm thrilled about all that God has done in my life. And I'm excited about what God's doing in this city. And I can't wait to see what God's going to do in the lives of the people that come here. And I just tell you, I, it's just on the inside, and I can't keep it in anymore. You, you just got to get this thing burning on the inside. You've got to get a spirit of boldness. And the fifth key, you got to have some compassion. Check it out. Let's just read 22 and 23. Uh, I, he said, I'm going to become even more undignified than this. And I'm going to be humiliated even in my own eyes. But by these slave girls that you're speaking of, I'm going to be held in honor. Because the presence that I'm bringing is going to impact their world. Look at verse 23. Michael, daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. From that point forward, let me tell you something. When you become the critic of what God's doing, you bring in barrenness into your life. See, there is a purpose, there is a purpose that the Spirit of God is going to rest upon your life. And, and, and Jesus brought it up in Luke chapter 4. He said, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind and set the oppressed free to, 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 to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. See, l- listen, there, there's a reason that God wants you to carry his glory because he cares about broken, bound, hurting people. And he wants to bring freedom to people who are oppressed. He wants to bring hope to people who are hopeless. He wants to bring health to people who are struggling. Man, 
we, we, we got to deal with this thing. We, we, we got we to wrap our heart around the truth, around the reality that there's a reason that God wants us to carry his glory. And it's not always about us. We got to care about those people who are hurting. And, and, and you know, in, in, in this family that we all belong to, let me tell you something. We're a pretty diverse family. We, we got people who got lots of money. We got people that have hardly any. We, we got people who are soaring through life. And we got some folks who are just kind of clawing their way. We, we, we've got people, you know, of different nationalities and different races, and I think that's awesome. But let me tell you something, that when you get to the foot of the cross, the ground is level there. And we're all on the same plane. And we're standing there with, with you know, just locking shields together, saying, hey, we're a family. And we're going to be committed to sacrifice. And if, you, if, if you're not committed to sacrifice, if you have a hard time, you know, serving, if, if you have a hard time giving, if you have a hard time participating, man, you're always going to be feeling like you're on the outside. But it's not, it's not because we, we, we don't want to include you. It's just that, man, our life is engaged with people who are committed to sacrifice. And, and we, 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 we've got this enthusiasm, and, and, and there's something about a spirit of celebration and generosity that we want to, we just, we just want to impact the whole region with it. And, and you know what? We, we, we're not afraid to tell you that this is an all-in moment. God brought us to this place, and it wasn't just so that we could hang out in a bigger room together. You know what? We're not across the hall in a closet. We're not over on Clearwater. Why? Because God wants us to carry his glory into these cities. So you got to let this compassion thing maybe change the way that you think and and get over yourself, get past yourself, and, and let the presence of God fill the temple and everything. Everything you have gets better. See, you're not doing it to earn it. You're doing it because it's there. You, you want to carry? You want to carry the glory? You got to open the door. You just got to open the door. Maybe it's the door of fear. Maybe it's the door of rebellion. But you just got to kick that door in. You got to be like Obed-Edom and say, yeah. Uh, you, you know what's crazy about Obed-Edom? He's living out there 12 miles from town. He's got a great life. When they came and they picked up the ark, study out his life. You know what he did? He sold the farm. And he went in and became a gatekeeper in town. Why? Because once he had experienced the presence of God, he was not going to live without it. Some of you guys might have to be willing to sell the farm just so we don't live disconnected from his presence. I want you to close your book and bow your head real quick, and I just want to pray for you. We're going to pray one prayer together here this morning, and maybe you're here today and you've been living life without the glory of God, without his presence. Maybe you've been fighting that thing about, you know, man, God's asking you for sacrifice, and, or maybe, maybe God's been leading you towards uh, just uh, some freedom, and you've been struggling there. Maybe you haven't been walking with God at all. As we pray this prayer today, Open the door for the presence of God to come. Open your life to God. And I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I won't call you out today. I won't make you stand up. But if you're in this room, you say, you know what, Pastor Tom, it's time for me to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. It's time for me to, to let God be God and get, get God up on the throne of my life. And I want to get real with God so God can be real with me. And I want